Welcome to Bite Size Dental Marketing. Today I have Beverly Wilburn. Beverly is the office manager of Carl A. Smith Periodontics and Implants in Alexander, Virginia. She manages the office full time. She also works as a consultant and expert for several my practice attorneys on risk management and practice administration systems. And most recently, she, you're the ADOM Practice Administrator of the Year. I think that's Beverly, that's such a great achievement. I love the organization and I think it says wonderful things about you in the practice, but I would love to know how you got started in dentistry and what, you know, tell me your origin story, if you will, what you got you from there to here. I will. I will. So um, originally for college, I didn't know what the heck I wanted to do and was kind of out there floating a little bit. And I had a girlfriend who was working in a dental office. Um, it was actually a really large dental office. It was about the year 2001, I guess. Um, and the dental office was actually back then it was kind of a little bit unique of a model. Uh, there was two main practice owners that were both pediatric dentists and they had, uh, 60 team members, 11 doctors working there. So single location, but privately owned. Mm-hmm. And the practice had just been purchased the day before I started there on my first day by a, a DSO. So um, back then the term DSO was brand new, wasn't mm-hmm. wasn't a thing yet. Um, but they, I guess one of the very first ones had come in and purchased them. So I had a little bit of a unique transition of that. I got to see that whole transition period in the beginning. Prior to starting there, when I had the girlfriend call me and say, hey, you know, do you want to maybe work in a dental office? And I was like, well, you know, I have this degree and what am I going to do with this? And so I took a dental assisting class that summer just because I was like, well, let me see what this is all about. And um, I went in and I was a dental assistant. Um, It lasted one whole day. (laughs) And I said, (laughs) I will never do this job. It was horrible. I don't know how dental assistants do it. I give them all the kudos and glory. Um, it was, it was tremendously hard. I had patients hit me. I had patients throw up on me and I said, I won't be back. Uh, the next day they called and they said, well, we kind of like your personality a little bit. Would you consider coming up to the front desk? And I said, okay, sure. I'll give it another shot, but I don't want to go in the back anymore. They said, okay. So I'm very grateful for that very first opportunity and working in an office that size was just very unique. So I started Mm -hmm. as their main receptionist check-in person. And uh, a year later, I was their marketing director and they had purchased or or merged with 13 other locations. Um, And I ended up kind of doing all of the marketing for them for a couple of years over their 13 location practices and helped negotiate a couple of additional purchases of locations and a couple of other things. So uh, really, really great experience. I would not trade it for the world in what I do. I, I kind of like what I do better now, which is a little mm-hmm. smaller mm-hmm. practice, private practice, but um, but I wouldn't trade that experience for anything. It, it was it really gave me good roots in in dentistry. Through your journey that you've seen from from that big office to your current office, which is also large, what do you see as the common things that offices need to improve on, or the common mistakes they have? Changes today or or trends today are much different, I think, than they were then. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then you had people that were more long-term in the workforce. Today, you don't necessarily have that. People are looking more for that work-life balance. Then it was a lot of work, work, work. Uh, So it was a little bit different challenges, I think, overall. Normal dental office settings and practices, you always have the same challenges. You know, are we going to have enough money for this? Are we going to have enough money for that? So those challenges are pretty normal. Um, Nowadays, though, I think we see some different challenges than what we saw then. So again, then in those days, those initial days, um, some challenges were the same. 
production collections, making sure that we were able to meet all of those goals that we needed to meet. Um, but nowadays we see staffing is kind of one of the bigger challenges mm-hmm. that we have, making sure that we have good, good people working for us. Um, you know, getting new patients in the door, all of those things are just normal dental office challenges that I think everybody goes through. It's been a dynamic shift, obviously, post COVID, you know, I know a lot of these things these days, I'll always kind of go back to COVID, but I think the world kind of did change uh, from a workforce standpoint. And those successful practices have been the ones that have rolled with those changes as well. And, you know, created work-life balance for employees and other things. Yeah. So those, those, you know, the schedules that we looked at 20 years ago, aren't the schedules that we look at today. Not everybody wants a nine to five. So we can either kind of roll with that or we can, you know, try to continue to push back. But when we do, we don't always have as much success. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. COVID certainly changed the landscape of employment and, I have this debate with some of my friends and, 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 you know, other, other folks who own companies around it, you know, my argument is it actually wasn't COVID. Like we have, we've trending, we have been trending these ways for years. Uh, nursing in fact has been trending toward more just part-time. There are less full-time nurses in 2019 than there was in 2015 than there was in 2010. COVID I think accelerated the rate of change around that lifestyle. And, and, I think the other thing that happened is if you stayed employed during COVID or you were mildly affected, you saw that the bills got paid. You saw that, you know, we all kind of learned on, there are some people who live to live a little bit less money and those two dynamics certainly changed. But yeah, I think hygiene is still the biggest problem of, I think 30% of hygienists left the workforce and they've trickled back, but not, not in mass and certainly not in a full-time capacity. Very true. Very true. But yeah. I agree with you. I think that's a very good analysis of the post-COVID world is that it was trending that way. I think a lot of that has to do with just natural burnout from our jobs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people were, you know, again, like I said, 20 years ago, it was like work, 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 work. And people realized, hey, I I want to have a little bit of pleasure mixed in there. Uh-huh. And, you know, I think COVID, you know, in a way, you know, you ha- it's all in how you spin it. It's all in how you look at everything in life. Was it the most ideal thing? Obviously, no, <laughs> never. But it gave some of us time with our families that we might have never had. I personally had a teenager uh-huh. at the time in high school. And, you know, he's 16 years old going through this. And he's the youngest of a lot of kids. Let's just put it that way. It, I would have never had that time with him. That, you know, I would have never, that time would have never been created. We were cooking dinners and we were doing all kinds of fun things. So I think we, we were able to put a positive spin on it. We, we dealt with what we had to do. And yeah. it's, it's changed a little bit me as a manager afterwards to say, now I see when my team, you know, I may not have appreciated so much when they wanted this time off for this time, you know, mm-hmm. my business mm-hmm. was solely my focus. And now it's kind of like, eh, you know, there's all these things. So. Oh my gosh, Beverly, as you talk, you remind me of a story. And when my first child was born, uh, Emily, my wife is a nurse and, and, you know, we decided that, that she was going to sort of go PRN, uh, or, or not work. And we hadn't really worked through that cause, cause Evelyn had just been born. I went to my boss and I said, Hey, I, you know, you know, my wife's been pregnant you know, we had, her, we had her baby this Saturday. Um, I think I'm going to take some time off. And he laughed and he said, what are you going to be doing? <laughs> You can't feed that baby. And, and he said, no, he denied my vacation time. Oh, wow. <laughs> and when I tell people that story, they assume that Evelyn is 25 years old. Evelyn's not. Evelyn's about to turn 12. Wow. So 
literally that long ago. And, and, and I want to be really fair to him. He was not a bad man. He was not a bad manager. I didn't work yeah. for a bad company. Just why, like, what are you, what are you going to be doing while your wife is working on this new baby? Yeah. And I do think that we have, I do think that we were a little bit out of balance in those 2000s to the 2010s. And I think it was correcting. Now, I'm going to argue, I think it's sometime on the, too far on the other side. Like, I think we've overcorrected on this movement. <laughs> but I agree. I, I do think there's, there was some correction was due in yeah, the workforce. I agree and, with you 100%. I agree with yeah. you 100%. It's changed. It's changed the office dynamic overall, but uh -huh. in, a, in a lot in a positive way, you know, and, a, and definitely they, they back each other. I noticed that team members back each other up more now, you know, if somebody mm -hmm. really mm -hmm. wants that time or somebody's going through it and they're just like, Hey, you know, I need a mental health day or whatever it is. They're like, we got you, we've got you. So it's kind of brought them as team members closer together, which is, which has been an interesting dynamic as well. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what are you seeing some other trends in the industry that you like or don't like unrelated to labor? You definitely have a lot of generational differences right now. And I think a lot of one, one thing I don't like is I think there's a lot of the workforce that is um, overlooked. And I actually think that's our older workforce. Mm. Um, so, you know, some people, especially in dentistry, a lot of times people getting into this career field or, you know, especially in assistant front office, those type of positions, not necessarily hygiene or doctors, but, um, you know, producers, but when you have your auxiliary staff, so your, your front desk office or, you know, treatment coordinators, your schedulers, those kind of things, um, dental assistants, they're typically a younger workforce. You know, they're, they're normally entry level. They're coming in to find a, a, a new job. They're not sure what direction, which I think there's a huge need for that as well. Um, I was talking to a friend who earlier this week, who is starting to teach in a high school now where they're putting these programs in the high schools to get them trained so that they come out for whatever state they're in as fully trained dental assistants. It's like two year programs and there's probably three or four of those. So hmm. I'm really liking that trend of seeing how that's going to bring more trades in because there's a lot of kids who don't want to go to college. Hmm. But I also think at the same time, we're overlooking a huge market right now, which is a lot of seniors have gone back to work. And, you know, those people do great on phones and they, they do great with, a lot of administrative tasks. And there were a lot of people who maybe were secretaries in their first career, you know, and now they want to come back. And there's a lot of administrative things that they could really have a lot of advantage of and pull with. One thing I don't like is I think there's certain parts of the workforce that are overlooked um, that really could be expanded upon. One of the things that I do like uh, a lot as well is not just these dental assisting schools, but a lot of the outsourcing opportunities that we have mm. today. Um, so many things nowadays can be outsourced. And if you can't find that right person or that right match for your practice right away, you can outsource that job and it's not all put on the people and the people that are here physically can be more patient facing and have more experiences there. So I think those are, those are two really important things that we're seeing nowadays in the industry. You went, I, I think exactly where I was going to go on the, if you can outsource some of the admin work that is traditionally done in the office, insurance verifications and, and other things like that. I think it opens up everyone up to better patient care. And especially if you have a team that is trainable and moldable. Uh, yeah, I agree. Now, I will what tell you, you, Eric, though, it is pretty crazy for office managers like me who are extremely, um, 
I don't want to say I micromanage. I do have a tendency to, to lean that way uh, sometimes, but I think it's, it's sometimes really difficult for managers to let pieces of that go, especially mm. ones who are really vested in the best interest of their practices is like, somebody's not going to handle it like me and somebody I do, I trust this. And how do I trust this? So I think those companies that are really going to succeed in that outsourcing model are those who really hit that home. You know, they hit that, they give that a home run. It's like our services on top, your patients don't feel this. Everything's perfect. I've been very fortunate. I, I vetted the companies that I use extremely well because I'm, I'm very much one of those ones who it's my baby and I want to hold on to it. Um, it's been freeing the things that I've outsourced. Well, it's been so freeing. And I'm like, why didn't I do this sooner? <laughs> let's dig into that. What have you outsourced that has just changed your life? So we've outsourced some phones. Um, we don't do it on a full-time schedule, but we have periodically, which, you know, it helps free up and I'll, and I'll go back to that in a second, but it does kind of address a little bit of the marketing things. Um, you know, you guys are in marketing and so you can definitely understand this is you guys can get our phones ringing all day long, but is somebody going to be there to answer them? You know, that's mm -hmm. a big question. So outsourcing phones on times where maybe it was a more of a lull or where we didn't necessarily have someone right away be able to, you know, answer the phones has been a big shift. Um, so that's been outsourced here and there. I wouldn't say that I do it on, like I said, like a full-time schedule basis, but yeah. it is something that definitely um, has been a big help. The other thing that I would say is insurance. Uh, insurance has been almost fully outsourced now in my office. Um, we're, we are a practice that does take insurance. So I know everybody wants to get off the insurance game, but I'm kind of a bulldog in that regard. So we don't take a big, huge cut or anything like that. Um, and so the negotiation of plans and other things, I still keep those, those things on my plate, but, sure. um, I've been able to outsource the filing of the claims. We're not attaching any documentation, any of those kind of things anymore. Um, we're basically, it's all hands off for that line in my practice, which has been a, a phenomenal relief and all of that time and, and energy that was dedicated to that at my front office is now off of them. So now they have time where I'm like, okay, great. So you now have, you know, 12 extra hours a week. I mean, think of all that. If they can spend that calling patients or just communicating with people mm -hmm, outside mm -hmm. in the public, think of the return on that investment. It's huge. It's huge. Yeah. Very well said. I, I, you know, it's easy to see as you talk through how you've adapted this. I think there are people who fight the COVID labor shortage and people who've embraced it. And you, you certainly on the base. I think it's a testament to your style and how well the practice does. And, and I, I mean, obviously your practice administrator of the year of Adam, that's awesome. Yeah. But, thank you. It was a big Beverly, honor. Very big honor. Yeah, that's great. Beverly, thank you so much for your time. Uh, Beverly Wilburn, Carly Smith, DDS, periodontics and implants outside of Alexandria. I'll have to tell you the story about my time in uh, Fairfax. Okay. Uh, okay. Very a, close. A different, a different day, a different day. Okay. But Beverly, thanks so much thank for your you, time. Thank you, Eric.